0: Welcome to The Windown, Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to The Windown. Down. I'm here with... Scott, hello, Scott. I just in a mouthful of wine, I got you right at the right moment there. How are you? Sir? <laughs> you did. Hello. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And this on the week where something amazing happened. Yes. You're ready for the amazing thing? Microsoft announced that Windows 11 will be available on October the fifth. That's excellent. I'm excited. Isn't that amazing? Another amazing <laughs> thing is it's a free upgrade, which is kind of exciting. And the totally amazing thing is it's four months early. So what, what does that mean? What, what do you mean? What does it mean it's four
1: months early? When it came out four months before they said it would really initially. Okay, well, look, Windows 11. We, we'll probably have to have a, a separate discussion about this, but like, oh, okay, Windows 11. What, what does that mean? Why, why do I need it? What's it going to do for me Oh yeah, and there's
0: some there's some super cool, really useful stuff in Windows 11, which which I think is going to be amazing. But we should do a session on it. I've already um done a podcast with CRN Magazine where we talked about it. I've been running it for a while now, um, mm-hmm. but let's do a proper one where we sit down and we talk about Windows 11. What is it? Why should you upgrade? Why should you Why should you go up to it? But it's it's got cool stuff in it. I really like it. It does. It does. I notice the Windows are rounder now. The Windows got rounded corners, but that's just a little tiny aesthetic. And the oh, um, start menu start menu looks a bit more like a Mac, but that's just an aesthetic too. I noticed um, that but, too. But the being able to run um, things like Linux apps, um, native graphical Linux apps natively in Windows services for Linux, having Ooh. an app store that works with Android applications straight onto your Windows device, suddenly opens up a, just an enormous gamut of 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 things you can do and i i I, it's got a bunch of other things under the hood as well but i'm a super fan of of the product line i I think it's really cool and for me this is great
1: i've I've been looking for ways to run android malware on my windows machines there we go there we go it's all
0: security with you isn't it (laughs) Anyway, anyway um Let's begin. Obviously, we're in lockdown, but I'll do the where are you? What are you drinking?
1: Where are you? Yes, strangely, I'm at home again today. How about that? But um, I'm actually, this is something I picked up. um, Well, when I last actually drove down to see a client, uh, which seems like a long, long time ago now in vague memory, but um, I had to go down to the um, New South Wales Victorian border uh, around the um, Albury area Mm -hmm. and um, passing through Gundagai. And stopped off there and found oh there's a winery. Cool.
0: There we go. Let's I'm not sure biggest they, um, ever that So that's a Barumbola anyway,
1: Moonlight. Barumbula mm. Moonlight. And um you know it's interesting because I've um, I've always sort of said, you know, look, look at the back of the bottle and describe see how the wine's described and look at it. And it's not really there saying what it's all about. It's probably not that great. And this one talks all about uh Captain Moonlight. Excellent, he so, in the area, and it doesn't actually talk about the wine. it's <laughs> a bit of a right Well, I'm not, it's home not, too. It's not bad though, you Is know, it's not, not bad, bad for I'm, an area not, not known for grapes, but I'm though, not yeah. going Cab Sav. I'm going
0: one of these.
1: Ooh, been triple five, been triple five 2016. Mm. Yes, it's not, I haven't disgusting. seen that in a
0: while actually. No, I found it at good old Dan Murphy's, so there you go. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. red. There we are. It's red, it's Shiraz, and it's perfect for the wind down. Now, today, um, following on from the accounting technology fireside chat, which we recorded today, but you're all going to see tomorrow, um, we were talking about, um, and and the reason this came up is um, someone Trevor was working with um, is really suffering under lockdown because they haven't moved to the cloud and they had a server break and suddenly all their users can't work. And Victoria's a bit different. Ooh. IT people aren't essential workers, so it's very hard for somebody to get in and fix the device. And yet, that kind of stuff doesn't happen when you've got stuff in the cloud. So this, I thought, we'd have a conversation about. You know, everybody's saying, you yeah, know, you should move to the cloud. There's Rod Drury from Zero standing on stage saying, if it's not in a browser, it's not in the cloud. And there's all this rubbish spoken about cloud computing. But fundamentally, let's discuss whether it's a business, you move to the cloud or you don't move to the cloud. If you don't move to the cloud, what will happen? And if you do move to the cloud, what will happen? Yeah, well,
1: and it's we, we should sort of preface this. There's nothing forcing anyone to move to the cloud. It's not. It, there's certainly a lot of business benefits to be had, but no one's saying, unless you do this, the world is going to end for you.
0: However, no, yeah, I agree. But I reckon I'd counter that with we're starting to see guys like Microsoft with their traditional products like Exchange or SharePoint starting to give us sniffers that this may be the very last
1: version, that you won't yeah, be able to Yeah, I remember things. that very last version message from quite a few years ago, and they still produce further versions. But, but still, um, if you are not in the cloud today, I mean, it's not the end of the world. You can still run, but you'll probably find that there are certain things that are going to become harder and harder Yep. I'm just thinking the, the applicability of um, older technologies to your business, yep. when your competitors are using all the new features and functions that are automatically available to them without any effort, yep. um, you're, you're also probably likely to uh, have trouble getting technical skills in oh, some yeah. of the older technologies. With-
0: we were chatting amongst the team about this, this wind-down today, and we are going, what about moving to the cloud? And Jason, who we will get on a wind-down at some sure. stage, went, it's getting harder and harder to find technical people who can manage on-prem systems.
1: Mm. It is. Mind you, we, we were speaking to someone the other day, weren't we? And they said um, they had a client looking for a COBOL programmer.
0: Yes. Yes, well, you still get that in some places. There's still COBOL code running around. Um, I know a COBOL yes. programmer, actually, if you need one, but um, not me, not but, me. It's great to you. His name what? Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just think of co- the now as these people with old white beards going, oh, I can code that for you. And, then, anyway.
0: there's, there's, and it, was, it was a valid, it was a valid direction you could take in computer science when I started in the industry. And if you haven't, if you haven't re-educated, because it's been a good place to be for years and years, maybe there are still some out there. But yes, it's certainly the, the older doyens of our industry do that kind of
1: stuff. But, but having said that, these apps are still running and clearly providing some value to the businesses they are in. Yeah, I'd say COBOL runs most of our finance
0: systems, most of our yeah. governments, most of our core banking platforms. Absolutely. Mm,
1: and it's scary that it's difficult to migrate off. Yes, Mm.
0: Anyway. Yeah, well, you, you see that anyway. I know we were we were talking about that the other day, and here's here's an interesting point, and I think this applies as much to anything as it applies to software. If you don't keep your software that you're writing up to date with current versions Ooh. and standards, it gets exponentially harder and more expensive to get things up to date.
1: Yes, and what one of the things that we also do uh, from a software development side is we build software but also maintain existing software and some of that as as you said is cheap it, it becomes quite cumbersome trying to add features or functions into code that is quite old
0: yeah and and it's funny i like to work with my teams on code which is bleeding edge so in our world bleeding edge at the moment is.net 6 which gets released in november but we've been writing code in it for months now Um, And I find going back to .NET 5, which only came out last November in his current shipping version, a bit of a a step back. But, okay, .NET 5 to .NET 6 is the world's easiest upgrade. .NET 2 to .NET 6 is really hard. As we saw today when we had a 2003 server and I said, well, just in place, upgrade it to 2019. And
1: everybody around the room went, you you what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I didn't have much hope for that. I know it is documented as it's supposedly going to work okay. But, oh, uh, (laughs) yes. Anyway, yes. Anyway, that so be very interesting.
0: So, staying on premises, you are going to get less and less software available to run on prem. I think you are going to get less and less access to technical talent because technical talent's not doing that stuff anymore, right? Yes. It's, it's people who can remember how to do. It. One of the things we talked about, and this this I want, I am interested to get your view on this. We talked about this in the wind, in the not the wind down the first I chat was um, integrations. So you'll see now mm-hmm. in the world of cloud, I can integrate zero with you know 300,000 different applications or it feels like that, or I've got Microsoft Power Automate that integrates with another thousand things, but all of those things are cloud. None of those things are on-premises. Do you think people on-premises are miss- missing an integration opportunity?
1: Oh, possibly. I mean, and let's just sort of, let me turn this around a little bit. Um, both AWS and Microsoft for their Azure stacks have an on-premises version. Yes. So um, they've got the, you can actually go and buy a rack full of hardware and servers and Microsoft's uh, Azure cloud will actually run in that for you. Uh, the so same with the so, list.
0: Yeah, cloud's not, and, and, and let's, let's talk about what cloud is. Mm. Cloud isn't necessarily public cloud, right? Cloud can be all sorts of things, but there's a bunch of things that go with cloud. And let me try and explain it, at least from my point of view. It's software-defined infrastructure and platforms. It's me being able to go to some software and say, give me this network, give me these machines, give me this, that, and the other. And the software builds them and maintains them and does that kind of thing. Mm. Not physical spinning disks and racks and um, not that kind of stuff. So it's that. And I remember working with the NAP years and years ago, and we were really excited because we got provisioning a server down from four weeks to two days. In the cloud, provisioning a server should be 10 seconds.
1: It should be. It should just be clicking away you go. So I mean, the the AWS um, outpost um, concept. Um, Yes, you can, if you've got a, uh, either like a geographical issue or you've got a security issue where you want don't want your data to be outside of your physical location yes it will run on these structures Um, but having said that you've also got access to all the modern applications and things that people are developing and all the services that go with it it's very different to having oh i'm just going to get one of these things create my create my little private cloud and run my old virtual machines on it You're, you're still maintaining and managing your own infrastructure and one day that's going to run out and it's going to break
0: and it's going to fail and you're going to end up in trouble. But but the, one of the key things in cloud is software as a service, right? Mm. Microsoft aren't going to give you a copy of Office 365 to run.
1: No, in they, your environment. They, they're not.
0: They've done it for the Chinese government, right? So, and that's big bucks. So they're not going to do it for us, but you're not going to get a copy of zero to run on premises or in your AWS outpost, right? So software as a service, I think, is an interesting space as well. In SMBs, Scott, which I know is where you work, do you see more of a gravitation towards software as a service rather than the old, you know, I'll buy and implement and run it on infrastructure type stuff?
1: It's, for most modern decisions, it's the only thing being looked at because a lot of the SMB um, businesses don't have the IT resources they need to be able to do anything otherwise. You don't have people who will go in and set up servers and install applications and maintain them. And it's sure, you can you can engage an IT company as a managed service provider or whatever for it, but you'd be looking at, hang on, why am I doing something new today that is really like an architecture that's 20 years old? Why am I not using a cloud-enabled version of this where it's probably the same price or even cheaper? I don't have to worry about running at the power. I don't have to back it up. I don't have to configure it. I don't have to look at disk space on it, and put more drives in, and someone doesn't have to come in and do all these maintenance tasks all the time. Why am I doing that in the first place? It's simplicity. That's the whole thing. Okay. So simplicity is
0: one of the reasons. Um, you also hear from customers, but I've got Legacy Application X or my favorite one from SMBs, but I'm unique.
1: Everybody's unique. They're all unique, right until the point at which they all use common software. Um, and look, <laughs> the same way. <laughs> I'm unique. I use Microsoft Office. Uh, yes, right. Um, look, there, there's always, I, I tend to find the majority of that reasoning is just from people who don't really understand what is available today. What's possible with modern technology. But look, having said that, there's, there's, there's quite a lot of like, happy Amish people out there you know, living without electricity. Not using, yeah. They not seem to get by. at all. Yep. Yeah, they seem to be happy. They seem to get by. Hey, good on them. But um, I don't know if it's for me. But hmm. I,
0: I haven't tried it, so I, I couldn't tell you. I, I think disconnecting is always good for a
1: little bit. It, it, actually, like that's probably it a good point. Actually, it, it does have a certain appeal to it, doesn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We've been in lockdown too long, Scott.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> USB. What's USB? <laughs> Yes, people put yeah, a bar bar about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> dear, dear. But, but this is just oh, it. if you.
1: But if you've got a um, you know, the, um, if you do have a business uh, that, for example, is using a, a horse and cart to transfer things uh, around the place, and the all of a sudden the automobile comes out, and you can you know very quickly you can do more in faster time with less resource and so forth, you'd, you'd really want to do that to make your business better. So the question would be, why are you really staying with your old applications that are heavier to maintain, that are taking more resources away from the business in other areas just to maintain or keep that going? It's 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 a strange sort of sensation. Yeah, no, it is. But what about, so that's cool, right? Let's
0: all go up to date. Let's all get modern applications. Let's all go to the cloud. Let's do everything SaaS. Let's upgrade from our copy of you know Windows 98 and Office 98 to something a bit more modern. What's this ribbon thing? Um, and, and that brings me back down to, that's all very well. We've talked about the technology. What about the organizational change management? Because what I see is young companies, and I don't mean new companies, but companies full of young people, Adopt technology faster versus companies full of older people, and I consider myself an older person, so I think I can say this: right that they're loath to adopt new things. He says, just about to install the latest beta of Windows eleven, but they, they, they there's, there's lots of that, that barrier to change because it's working. Why fix it? So it, so when it is
1: working. Customer, why fix it? Well, are we fixing it though? Or are we making it more efficient and better and so forth? And you can sort of say, that's a bit of a strange argument. Is it really the truth or are we just changing it? And look, in some cases, yeah, maybe we are just changing it. But in other cases, you look at it over time. All those changes over time are not just delivering the same result each time. They're delivering capacity and capability to do more with less. And you look at automated businesses today that are running with a very small number of people, but producing such a great result because they've embraced technology and getting the computer to do the work for them. Versus what was that type of business looking like 20 years ago, and how many people were in there, and what were they doing? Were were they doing things that you'd look at today and go, Oh, really? You're using people to do that? Well, that also, must be.
0: I, I saw a tweet this week because we're in lockdown, right? So I'm zoom doom scrolling. Through Twitter, and I I saw this tweet which says, "Describe your office from your first job." And I thought, well, that's fascinating. So I'll do mine. I worked in an accounting firm. We had a typing pool. I moved them from a green screen data general mid-range device to using Windows and Novell network. That was was my project. And I introduced electronic mail, not email like you know it that goes outside the office, but electronic mail inside the office to remove memos. Um, We had a telex machine. Right, which worked off the old telegraph system, which is yeah for communicating with head office, and it was, and we had typewriters and and those sorts of things, and people would produce accounts on typewriters for people, and that was my office, and the um, and there's a fair amount of smoking in the office as well, if I remember rightly. It was it was it was very very different. You compare it to now. Remember, Bill Gates said his vision for Microsoft was an a computer on every desk in every office in the world. Yeah. Right, we were pre that where you didn't have a computer on every desk.
1: What did people do? Well, apparently they smoked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but today, if there's smoke in the office, your computer's probably running too hot. Um, yes, <laughs> it, it is. It's a big change, and there's no more of the old like what typing pool or typewriters. Yes. Although, to be fair, there are still typewriters around in businesses. I've, I've seen them. It's wow. an interesting site. Um, yes. <laughs> I find that I find some some businesses are very slow to change mm-hmm. if you've got a working process. The, the the efficiency concept is not perhaps a key driver for them. They've 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 done a certain thing in the past that has got and created a market segment for them. They've gone very well in that segment. And they just let's just do what we do. We found this pattern that works. Let's just keep doing I'm it. Doing it. But eventually that pattern stops working for them, whatever that process is they've developed, whatever that methodology they um, are using to achieve that result, it stops working well after a time or the sort of economics 101, someone looks at that and says, I know how to do that. I can automate that whole thing and do it at like one tenth of the cost. I'm going to spend a year working on that, blah, 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 blah. blah. And all of a sudden, there's a new entrant to the market. And you think, oh, hang on. Competitors have come into our markets. You know, we've we've, um, battled competitors before. We understand this This is okay. This is not a competitor. This is not another one of you. This is an entirely different paradigm shift of a a new way of producing what you produce. Or it's a complementary product or something completely different that says, using our offering, we don't actually need what you produce anymore. Yes. And that's the trick. You've got to continually keep up. Otherwise, you'll go well for a period of time. But there's a slow trickle at the end of that curve. And it's a downward curve unless you keep innovating. Yep. And disrupting yourself, they say. Well, yeah, that's right. You've got to be your own biggest disruptor. Yep. So the taxi
0: industry is still here, but it's a shadow of its former self.
1: Because yeah, and Trump look, Trump they've, they've got it now created an app that sort of looks vaguely the same concept as the uber app but i I think they've sort of lost the appeal of what that is because i think people have worked out it's it's not that they want a better way to get the old taxi they don't want the taxi anymore they want yes this new model
0: yep yep and and so so their biggest detractor is now themselves because people don't want that that thing anymore and i think
1: that's that's Mm. fascinating we see that a lot right i i'd even wonder should they rename themselves? The, the concept to do, of taxi is still that old, it's been around for a hundred years sort of thing. Yep. Is, is it the older way of doing it? Now that the new way has come along. Yes. Yeah, you go find some domain name that's not taken and put that in there and call it that. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Though. Maybe that'll work really well. maybe it will. But yeah, you have to keep
0: disrupting, that's the point. And so one of the things is you need to leverage as much technology as you can get your hands on to make that disruption happen, right? And mm-hmm. and I, I think our view is, and I could be wrong, but I think we share this, is you can do more of that in the cloud than you can with what's available to you on-premises, at least what's available in most people's budget.
1: Oh, absolutely. Look in, in the cloud, I can put a credit card in and for $50 or a month or $100 a month, get access to massive amounts of technology that is there ready to use and run for me in all different okay. areas, Versus, if I had to go and do that by buying servers and infrastructure and consulting and business— process, all these things—to you know, all of a sudden I've spent a quarter of a million dollars to get something up and running, yes. and I haven't done a thing yet. No, absolutely. Why, don't, why not just put the coin in the cloud computer and get it to do it for you?
0: That, that's the way to do it, I reckon. Coin in the cloud computer, and off you go. <laughs> the,
1: the virtual coin or the Bitcoin.
0: Oh, there we go. We're not. We should do. We should do a session on cryptocurrency, right?
1: There's, there's been a lot that's been happening in the cryptocurrency uh, side of things. There's countries that are adopting it as legal tender. There's all sorts of things.
0: Yeah, mine aren't going up though.
1: It depends on if you've got the dodgy coin or the. <laughs> I was
0: going to say, dodgy coin is just one of my premium ones? I've got. It's I've got really dodgy <laughs> coin. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Sometimes the the second or third or the tenth versions of something that comes out are not necessarily It's a bit of a, hey, let's see what happens. All these others went up. I don't know. That's the best business plan. Absolutely. I
0: can't believe we've gone from talking about space lasers to talking about massive scale for MSPs in the last two episodes to
1: talking about dodgy coins. (laughs) Well, maybe that's how you pay for the space lasers. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> it's very cool I said, now, yeah, businesses
0: so, are buying gold as
1: a hedge. I've,
0: I've heard that you might as well be hedging on gold i'm the big banks yeah. have been doing it for years yeah yeah no yes. fascinating anyway i think i think that was kind of cool i think the message at the end of that is if you're an smb go look at software as a service first Don't, that's where you first start um, and look to get yourself without infrastructure. You have to manage as much as you can so you can accelerate your business and disrupt yourself. Would that be a paraphrasing of what you said, Scott? It it
1: would be. I think
0: that'd be a a very good way of putting it. Cool. Excellent. Well, I I think that will do. If you do like what you've seen or heard, please like or subscribe or comment. Leave us a comment to let let us know what things you'd like us to cover in the future. This has been Scott and Nick and The Wind Down. Thank you, Scott.
1: Thank you, Nick. Thank you, everyone.
0: Cool. See you Have soon. a great day. See you later. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.